Welcome to Closer to Christ, the sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. You can learn more about our ministries at stpaulmuskego.org. And now for this week's message. God's grace, his mercy, his peace belong to us each and every day through faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Holy forever are God's people here at the bridge at St. Paul's in Muskego, here at the bridge, MKE, welcome folks online with us through the miracle of technology, all who are with us online, welcome as people who are holy forever because of our God, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to which all of God's people say, Amen. Endless Easter encouragement, E3. So Dave Panitsky is at MKE. Dave, good morning. Uh, Just a shout out to Dave. Only Dave is cool enough to come up with E3. I'm 59, right? E3, endless Easter encouragement. Tammy, Tammy brings the crown, the E3. Today we look at, boom, there we go. Today we look at E3, redefines life and death. You'll notice I bring hardware, as in real hardware, not computer hardware, right? Hardware. But E3 redefines life and death. God's word for us to consider today is taken from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 13 through 18. Probably verses that we know well, okay? And you're going to read the stuff in yellow. Actually, yeah, you read the stuff in yellow. There we go. Okay, Brothers and sisters, Paul writes, to the people in a place called Thessalonica, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death. Who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede or go ahead of those who have fallen asleep. With a loud command and with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. This is the word of our God. So which apps are you addicted to? Now, not in a sinful sense this morning, although we all have our pet sins that we struggle with for which Jesus alone is truly the remedy and the Holy Spirit of God is the best help. But in almost a comical sense, what apps are you addicted to? My wife would tell you that I love the, I love the weather app more than her. Two, three, four times a day cuddling up to the weather app. Now you're going to think I'm weird because how about for me, the next one would be the British Broadcasting Company app, the BBC app. 
Gotta check that puppy before I crawl out of bed in the morning to know what's happening in the world to guide my thoughts and my prayers every day. And then, and here when Pastor Keel actually re have read this sermon ahead of time and he wrote in the margin, geek. <laughs> Don't we all check our Greek vocabulary app while we're brushing our teeth in the morning? Come on, folks. That's the perfect time every day to repetition is the mother of learning. Right? Yeah, the Greek app. Are you in danger, am I in danger, of having the smartphone become almost like God to me? Where I draw comfort for today and comfort for tomorrow from this thing. You know, you check the weather, you, track, you check the traffic, you check the stock market report, and then you go and check your Find My Kid app and your kid is 27 years old. You know, but apps, and I should have, I have to remember to click. There we go. Apps, there's a problem with apps. The problem is that apps are truly only one-dimensional. They give us a one-dimensional look at the moment in time in which we are standing. They cannot really address the future, though we think they do. What will happen? What will the wars of today be tomorrow? Can't see it. Is global warming a real thing? Well, who knows what, what, what 2028 will be as far as temperatures. Apps have limitations. Which is why... Some people, when they can't see the future, it brings fear when they can't know. It brings apprehension, it brings discomfort, even fear, which why some people don't like to stand at the graveside or attend a funeral. The person I love is gone, that hole is deep and dark, and I can't see beyond it. Ah, but the Apostle Paul, almost feeding into our addictive personalities, he says to us, ah, there's an app for that. E3, endless Easter encouragement here in these last days. Dear friends, don't the best apps give us some knowledge in the present which gives us confidence for the future, which gives us courage to take the next step now. Think about that. The best apps give us knowledge in the present that gives us confidence for the future, that gives us courage to take the best step now. And if we can say, well, the long-term forecast is looking good, wow, life is good. Such is the truth as we're standing next to the grave sign or attending an, an open casket funeral. The long-term forecast is good for those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. Paul wrote, Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who have fallen asleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. 
For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Dear friends, is, is, is sleep, when God uses the term sleep for death, is that just a euphemism for death, a nice-sounding protective term, or is there a blessed reality in a different way of a different kind? You know, God made us for relationships, right? We know that. We mention that often here. God made us for relationships. First with himself and then with each other. We've mentioned many times here that God never intended for us to die. Which is why saying goodbye to loved ones is almost a violent thing as they're taken away. God never intended for us to die. Yet Jesus in John 11 As he's standing outside the tomb of his good friend Lazarus, staying away long enough for Lazarus to die so Jesus could come and raise him to life, Jesus said, Lazarus has fallen asleep. I am going there to wake him up. And Paul picks up, up, up on that imagery that death is asleep. Why? Well, death or sleep is temporary, isn't it? And sleep typically means we wake up refreshed for a new day. Some of us with the help of a CPAP machine, but that's a different story. Normally, sleep refreshed for a new day. As sleep is a blessing, so death is a blessing for the Christian who sees the forecast through the eyes of faith. Temporary is the sleep of death, much like a cold front can bring in rain while the sun is still shining above the clouds. Death is asleep. The scriptures call this faith of the Christian living hope. Paul wrote, for we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Now, the faith of the Christian is built on the firm foundation of God's promise and his power, right? The foundation of faith of the Christian. Now, this chair in front of me is similar to our faith. Similar to our faith. Will this chair hold my weight? Well, of course it will, only because I tried it before, and it sags in the middle a lot. I was leery. It sags in the middle. I'm like, gotta lose some weight. That thing shouldn't sag, right? But our faith is similar to my faith in this chair, okay? But only similar. You see, our, the faith is only as, as, as good as the foundation, right? They're worried over here. There's all this prayer warriors over here. Um, but our faith is only as good as the foundation. Now, the amazing thing about faith is that with faith, there is no chair in the future. Oh, don't, think, don't take the light away yet. There is no faith in the future, but faith still leaps. 
anticipating sticking the landing to the glory of Jesus. The foundation of faith is real even when we cannot see it with our eyes. Paul says, Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. And we know we're going to land. We don't need a chair. We have Jesus, our Savior and Lord. Now, some people were privileged to see the risen Lord Jesus with physical eyes, just not you and me. Think of Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 15, the resurrection chapter of Scripture. What did Paul write? He wrote, What I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve, and after that he appeared to more than 500 at the same time most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Asleep they are. But before they died, they wrote down for us what they had physically seen with their eyes. For us, to know and to hear and to believe and to chew on that Jesus had risen from the dead. Jesus crucified and dead for the payment of sin. Jesus in the grave and risen to life as proof of the forgiveness of sins and the proof that we would one day rise and to make it impossible for us to visit Jesus' tomb. Because scriptural Christianity is the only religion where the tomb of the prophet is empty. How cool is that in the power of endless Easter encouragement? You and I will live with Jesus in glory after a little time of sleeping and death unless he comes before the end of the world. The end of our lives, rather. But how important is the empty tomb? You know, when I was a kid... A funeral was simply a great excuse to get together with the cousins and eat good food. Great aunt so-and-so, what was her name? Oh, hey, the cousins will be there. Fun at the farm. And good food. The graveside service was a little strange. The open casket was kind of unsettling, but the food was great. But you know, the older we get, the closer in age we are to the ones that we know, we have known, and we have loved. And then, oh, how blessed is the empty tomb. Remember how Jesus said to the thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. As he was hanging next to the Savior of the world who was dying for the Savior's sins, today, for the world's sins, today you will be with me in paradise. And so because Jesus said it, my mom's in heaven. And my grandpa's been there for over 30 years. And I will one day be there too, reunited in this beautiful thing called relationship. 
with all the sorrow and the tears and the dysfunction at times gone. Perfect love. For when the Christian stands at the graveside, there's an app for that, E3, Endless Easter Encouragement. Jesus went ahead to guarantee me and you life. Easy to say, nice to believe, but by nature, most of us are just a little bit self-controlling. Yeah, raise your hand if you are not a controlling individual. One, and Brandon, I can believe that of you. MKE, you probably got more, than, more Brandons than one, but most of us just a little bit controlling. We'd kind of like to know how the future is going to go down. And so our Jesus knows that about us. And so he had the Holy Spirit give us a play-by-play, an agenda. Kind of like my daughter got married yesterday, and man, we had agenda, 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 all these little details for the whole day. Kind of the same thing here, only better with the last day. The Apostle Paul was the tool of the Holy Spirit. And Paul says, according to the Lord's word, we tell you, that we who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord on the last day, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, the voice of the archangel, the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Do you know my wife and I are not afraid to live next to the cemetery? Although we do take the advice of some people who say maybe you should have cookies ready every day just in case they're hungry, right? (laughs) Yeah, it was told us when we moved in five years ago. Yeah, all right. The dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. You know that happiness is an emotion in a moment, right? But joy is deep-seated confidence rooted in forever. Say that again. Happiness is emotion rooted, or that happens in a moment. Joy is deep-seated confidence rooted in the future. And so the Apostle Paul lays out an agenda for joy in our hearts as we think about the end of our personal lives and the end of this world. Paul says Jesus will appear visibly in the clouds the same way he, the same clouds that he went into when he ascended 40 days after he rose. And guess what, my friends? On that day, there will be no, no looking down at the app to see if he's really coming. We'll all look up. And there he is. He will come in the clouds of heaven. He will come in power. He will come with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God. Gather God's elect from the four corners of the earth. And on cue, 
around the globe. The dead in Christ will rise to life, soul and body put back together. They'll meet the Lord in the air, and then if you and I are still privileged to be sucking air at that time, we get to join them. This amazing crescendo of the last day, holy forever. Now, I am wearing my Nike shoes today, not just for jumping on chairs, um, but it's a right reminder for those of us who, are, who check our Greek app every morning while brushing our teeth, we know that Nike, Nike in the Greek means victory. Nike, victory. What did victory look like when we were 18 and life was before us? Jaw-dropping spouse who loves me. A good job to free me and allow me to travel. Dreams coming true one after the other. How's that working for you? At age 59, almost 60. Or... Is Jesus the only one who can now truly declare Nike, victory in the life of you and me? And do we see it? Sin and death tarnish our dreams. Sin and death rob us of earthly hope and of, and of earthly companions. Sin and death fill the narrative of our lives. Divorced, trapped in Wisconsin, chronic illness, didn't think about dying, didn't think about losing people, and I don't like to think about the grave. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. You see, Nike and Jesus is the cry of the Christian. And we leap forward in faith, confident of where we're going to land and in whom we are going to land. Martin Luther was called by the Lord to part with his daughter Magdalena when she was 14 years old. And Martin Luther, the, the Lord's champion in the 1500s of the pure good news gospel of Jesus Christ, well, when she grew very ill, Luther said, Dearly do I love her, but oh my God, if it be your will to take her home, I resign her to you without a murmur. And then he approached her bed. My dear little daughter, my beloved Magdalena, you would willingly remain with your earthly father, but if God calls you, you will also willingly go to your heavenly father. Yes, dear father, it is as God pleases. Dear little girl, Martin said, oh, how I love her. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He then took his Bible and he read to her the following passage. 
Your dead shall live. Together with my dead body shall they arise. Awake and sing, you that dwell in the dust. And then Luther threw himself upon his knees, weeping bitterly, and fervently prayed God to spare her. But in a few moments, she expired in the arms of her father. When they were putting the child into the coffin, Luther said, Dear little Magdalena, I see you now lifeless, but you will shine in the heavens as a star. I am joyous in spirit, but in the flesh most sorrowful. It is wonderful to realize that she is happy, better taken care of, and yet to be so sad. When the funeral took place, and the people were assembled to convey the body to its last home. Some friends said they sympathized for him and his affliction. Be not sorrowful for me, he replied, for I have sent a saint to heaven. Dear friends, Endless Easter encouragement does not mean that this life and death will not hurt. But what it does mean that in the moment when we look down at the Word of God, there will be comfort for today because of the promise for tomorrow. And we will step forward into the future trusting our Savior and Lord, knowing that we have eternal life and the great reunion in heaven. So when life gets us down, pull out the app. Pull out the word of your God, the promises of your God, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Firm is the foundation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It changes how we view our life. It changes how we view our death. To him be the glory, to which God's people say, amen. Before we pray, I want to highlight something for some of you to grab. I printed about 20 of these. Prove me wrong. Have us need more. In this life, we can look down at the app of the Word of God for lots of things. And if you are troubled right now with what's happening in our world with Israel and Hamas and the end of the world, Pastor Pete wrote a brilliant answer from God's Word for us, entitled that, Israel, Hamas, and the End of the World. Four sides to read, worthwhile reading. To come away going, wow, I think we're okay. God's got it. Let's keep forging ahead share the good news of Jesus. We pray. Great God and Lord, we come before you as the firm foundation of our lives. You are the only one who can give us a future that can never be taken away. You died for our sins. You rose to life to prove you had defeated sin and death and hell and everything that came about from sin. You are our Savior and Lord, and when you make a promise, you will keep it. When you make a promise, it is real, and so we will be forever with you. May that change how we live. 
No matter the day, the future is bright. The sun is shining behind the clouds. No matter how we are going to die, the future is bright because you're waiting for us on the end of that journey. Forgive us when we doubt. Understand us when we cry. You were, are one of us and you know the pain. But help us in the end raise our eyes not to our phones but to heaven. And not just to heaven but back down into your word and let us hear your heart. Your heart of love for us. And may we live every day with a hope that the world can never take away. Help us see heaven. Help us see you. And now, Heavenly Father, we ask you to hear our prayer, the prayer your son taught us to pray 2,000 years ago. As it pulls together all the thoughts of our hearts and minds, please stand for the Lord's Prayer and the final blessing of our God. We read together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. And together, God's people say, Amen. Receive with believing hearts the blessing of our God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with his favor and give you his peace. And together, God's people say, amen. Thanks for joining us on the Closer to Christ sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. Closer to Christ podcasts are from our current sermon series, and are released every Monday morning. For live stream services and other ministry information, please visit us online at stpaulmuskego.org.